We are going to complete this study on what we've called the seven love letters. And before I say anything else, I thought either I wasn't going to say anything at all or that I might refer to what I'm saying now at the end of the service, but the Spirit of God just checked me. I don't know why, but I had already recorded this service uh, earlier. And as soon as I got through with it, when I walked down the hall and I was going upstairs to the equipment uh, yesterday when, this, when I did this, God spoke to my heart and he said, do not play that. He said, I want you to speak at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. And so, you know, I've been kind of running around today, and then we honored my wife's aunt today at her celebration service. And by all rights, my flesh would say, well, you know, you've already done it. Just go, just go sit home and, and watch it again and, and pray at home. But folks, I believe everything that I'm about to tell you I know that we are going to leave this earth sooner than later. And there's one thing that I absolutely cannot afford to do, and that's miss it. I can't afford to disobey God when he tells me to do something. So I don't know why. I don't know if I'm going to say something that I may not have uh, said earlier uh, in the week. I don't know. I just know that I would have been a disobedient man and I would have been a miserable man had I not done what God asked me to do. So if you're watching tonight and you didn't think you would be, you need to listen to what God is saying. And it might not be one word that comes out of my mouth, but it might be something that the Spirit says because you're going to hear for the seventh time, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I believe that the Spirit is really talking to the church, the body of Christ. And it's up to the church. Are you hearing what the Spirit says? And are you obeying what the Spirit says? And so, please, please, don't be a distraction. Don't get distracted. We're only going to spend a few minutes together, and I want you to know that. And I also want to tell you that Sunday morning, I don't ever do this, but we are going to be talking about the spiritual gifts that Paul teaches us in 1 Corinthians and we're not going to be talking about all the gifts, but I cannot think of anything more important that the body of Christ needs to be able to possess and walk in than discernment. We need to know the Spirit of God when He's moving, what He's saying, what He's revealing to us. And God says that all good and perfect gifts come from above. And I believe if you don't have the gift of discernment that you can get it, God can give it to you, and He will give it to you if you seek Him because He won't withhold any good thing, especially something that's going to glorify Him. I believe that with all my heart. So I want you to be praying about the service tonight naturally, but really pray about Sunday after tonight from now until Sunday morning. And I, I really pray that you're here. Because I don't know what God is going to do. I have no clue what he's going to do. So now let's get to chapter 3. 
And I want you to turn in your Bible. If you don't have a highlighter or a pen or a pencil or something nearby, you need to get it. And you know you can always take notes through the app. So we're going to go to verse 14. And while you are going to verse 14, I want to tell you that we've called this series The Seven Love Letters. And let me explain it if you haven't heard it yet. There are seven love letters because Christ Jesus loved the church enough to reach out to them when just about every one of them were going wayward. The Lord loved the church enough to do that. And so they were not really doing what God had laid out for them to do. They were missing it, most of them. And so the Lord, when John was uh, exiled on the Isle of Patmos, God revealed this to him and sent these letters through him to the churches in Asia Minor. I believe every one of these churches that we have read about, and you can read about in Revelation 2 and 3, they can be seen at different times uh, in operation today. So these letters are relevant. They were relevant then to physical locations, and they're relevant today to the body of Christ. I believe it with all my heart. So these love letters are out of love. The Lord could have said, I'm tired of you being hard-headed and just disobedient so you're going to reap what you sow so just go on but he didn't do that so the bible says beginning with verse 14 he says unto the angel of the church of the laodiceans write these things saith the amen the faithful and true witness and that's important that you hear that he's the faithful, he's the faithful and true witness, the, also the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither hot nor cold, cold nor hot. I wish, I wish that you were cold or hot, is what he says. He says, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot I will spew you out of my mouth or I will vomit you out of my mouth he says because you say I am rich and increased with goods and I have no need of nothing and no it's not that you are wretched and miserable poor and blind and naked he says, I tell you what you need to do. You need to, I counsel you to buy of me gold tried in the fire that you may be rich and white raiment and you may be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint your eyes with eye salve and that thou mayest be able to see. As many as I love, I rebuke. And chasten, be zealous, therefore, be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, you know this scripture, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I pray people are hearing his voice tonight, and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes... Will I grant to sit with me 
in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Do you have an ear? Are you going to allow your ears to hear what the Lord is saying, not what the news is saying or anybody else? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And for a couple of weeks, we've been going back to these scriptures and we've been walking through them kind of slowly and just looking at things that may need to be jotted down or that's very relevant right now. The whole Bible's irrelevant, uh, relevant, and, and I know that. But there are things, especially with this time that we're living in, that's very important. So what we're going to do, we're going to go back to verse 14, and we're going to mention something real quick. The Lord God is not Revelation chapter 3, verse 14, if you're making notes. And so the Lord that's giving this letter to, to John, that's speaking to John to the churches, the first thing that everybody, because we may have non-believers watching tonight, the first thing that I need to just drive home is that unlike what you are seeing and hearing on television and how many of you will be glad the election is over, just not to get junk mail. Don't anybody get up and shout and run laps around your house. But I, I will be so glad to get through that. And, and the Lord God is not like Jesus that's delivering this letter to the church of Laodicea, folks. He is faithful and he is true. I don't care who tells you on any platform, that right there is so unheard of. A faithful and true witness. So what the Lord is telling the church of Laodicea and the church today is that you can trust me, you can trust what I'm about to tell you because I am also the beginning of the creation of God, meaning I was there when it started. I was a part of it. You can trust me. I'm the faithful and true witness. So everything that God tells you in His Word, whether you deem it positive or negative, or you, you embrace it or you reject it, I'm promising you that He's a faithful and He's a true witness. And He tells the church of Laodicea, and I want the entire body of Christ to hear this. He knows your works. He knows your works. He knows what you do. He knows what you hide that you think nobody will ever find out and a lot of things nobody will ever find out. But the thing about this is God knew you would do it before you did it. He knows your... He searches us, folks. He looks and He sees. This is why a lot of times things that we pray about, we think they don't get answered. And then five years later we say, Praise God the Lord didn't do what I asked Him to do. Because God knows us. He knows our works and he knows everything that we do. And he knew what this church was doing, but he also knew what they were not doing. He said, you are neither cold nor hot. He said, because you are not cold, I mean, you, you, you don't try to 
hide it and all that. I mean, you, you, you're not cold. You, you try to fake it and make other people believe you were you really all that. He said, you're not even cold. It'd be better off to be cold than to be lukewarm. He said, and because you're not hot, he said, you're lukewarm. I will spew you or vomit you out of my mouth. And I need to explain something about this. And it ties into the Bible today. Uh, in our modern day we're living in, where the city of Laodicea was located, about 10 miles outside of that city was the town of Colossae. And Colossae had a trench or a ditch, if you will, and water was, was piped in to the city of Laodicea. About six miles in the other direction was another town, Hierapolis. And there was another trench that came from that area that was tied into like a hot spring and it traveled six miles. So you got cold water coming into the city from 10 miles out and then you've got hot water at the source coming in another six miles. Now you know where I'm going. By the time it reached Laodicea, that cold water had turned slightly warm and that hot water had cooled off a little bit to where it was warm. So every day at all the taps, at all the water locations, it was, you guessed it, it was lukewarm water. And if you've ever drank water before, especially when you've been hot and you, you need to be rehydrated and you get a hold of some warm water, man, it will make you almost want to puke, vomit, spew. And that's the way the Lord wanted to get the point of cross of just how far these people were. The body of Christ was. The church of Laodicea was from him. He said, you are not cold and you are not hot. You are lukewarm and you have gotten to the point with me where I'm about to spew you out of my... You've made me sick. And I want to tell you, we want to pat ourselves on the back. We are always wounded. Turn on... Hey, go turn on Christian TV when we get through. And before 12 o'clock tonight, even if it's a small infomercial, somebody on one of those networks will come in with a message, usually with a book or something else, and it's like they're just trying to patch up the body of Christ. I, I'm all about edifying. I'm all about building one, another's up, uh, one another up. I'm all about bearing one another's burdens. But folks... These people on TV and all these ministries and a lot of people that want to be so pulpit politically correct right now during the pandemic and all this, it's like we've always got to, we've got to massage and everybody's just so broken and beat up and beat down. And I know we go through things. That's not what I'm saying. But folks, we are warriors. We are soldiers in the army of God. We're not out here winning thousands of souls and getting limbs and getting in prison for preaching the gospel and getting stoned and left for dead like the patriarchs were and the prophets of old. We're out here doing good to watch the church sometime. We're doing good to read our Bible once a week for five minutes. 
And, and we've got all these ministries and all these preachers. Oh, you're going to make it. It's going to be like we're out here moving mountains for God. I'm saying give me a break, man. For real, that's because people don't want to preach what the Lord is saying to the church right now. But I'm telling you that all these people that are doing this and ignoring what the Spirit says to the church, maybe they've lost their ears. I don't know. I'm telling you what's happening. They don't see it. They're not cold anymore. They're not even cold. They're not hot. They're riding the fence, wanting to be uh, still recognized and enjoyed and all that, and, and they're lukewarm in the eyes of God. If they were not lukewarm, the Lord wouldn't call them out then, and He wouldn't be calling them out now. He said, but because you are lukewarm, He said, I am going to spew you out of my mouth and we live in a culture and in a society and even in a church world that says in verse 17 you know i'm blessed i'm rich i don't really have a need i mean when it gets bad or i need a lump sum yeah i can get down to business with the lord but right now things are pretty good i mean hey i can i watch live streaming if i get a chance to get around to it things are good right now we got a little bit of money in the bank, and, you know, we haven't had to have people. When I was growing up, some of you, maybe only a few of you can uh, understand this terminology, but when I was a young boy, we would hear about sometimes somebody in the church needing a pounding. And I don't mean a pounding. It, it meant where we'd get grocery bags, the old paper grocery bags and boxes, and we would load up food. And different people would just, and this was legitimate. It ain't like this, this entitlement mess that everybody's milking the country with now and every, every other person. This was true needs. People didn't have two dimes to, to rub together. And so uh, the pounding would be a, a group of church brothers and sisters going and buying food or cleaning their cabinets out or giving something they had even bought for, for their family this week. Say, no, we, we got enough to get by. And they would do it. But see, I'm speaking Greek right now. I am. I'm just like wasting time because nobody really can identify that anymore. We, we are rich. We got food that we throw away. We've, we've got clothes that we don't even wear that still have the tags on them. We buy our children things. And, and you know, got to buy the name brand, of course. And so we do all this. Because we want to stay in. I mean, we want to fit the time and the day, man. We want to be accepted. So we don't realize that in the eyes of God, even as self-proclaimed Christians and church workers and members, the Lord told these people, He said, You don't need me, and you've increased. You think you're rich, but really... You need more than you think you do. He said, in my eyes, you are wretched. You're miserable. In all actuality, in my eyesight, you're poor. You're blind and you're naked. And this is what the Lord said. He said, I counsel you. And the Lord's telling whom the Father loves, He chastens. He says, I'm telling you, I counsel you to buy of me gold. Do you hear that? Buy from me gold that's tried in the fire. 
that you may be rich. I want to talk to you about that. We're going to stop right there for just a second. How can poor person or poor people buy gold? Well, if you're poor, you can't. Gold that we know about, you, you cannot buy gold. But what the Lord is referring to, Isaiah gave us a great piece of information as to how we can purchase things when we're poor that God and only God can give us. If you look in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 1, this is what he says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. And so that all boils down to being thirsty and going to the water. And the way you do this is... If you were poor, then what you have to do, and you realize, well, I don't have money, what, what can I do? You've got to come to the water. You, you've got to go to where the, the source is. And so you give up something, even though the Lord says you're poor, you still have a way right now, and you still have time to relinquish let go of and give up things that you are calling valuable and you are calling wealthy and you are calling yours, but the Lord says you're poor. The Lord says, you give that up, you give that to me. Get rid of it. You don't need it because it's bankrupt you. You're poor. You think you're rich. Your neighbors think you're rich. Your colleagues think you're rich. You're poor. And you don't have to have a lot of money to fit in that category. I need to make that very clear. He says, so you get rid of your whole pride, your arrogance, your life, all the persona, the image. You, he said, you surrender that. You give that to me. And then this is what I do. I will give you gold. I'll give you gold that's been refined and tried in the fire and you do that again the way Isaiah said you've got to be thirsty you've got to want him and then when you do that even if you don't have any money that's what you give up you give up things that look like they could be a distraction things that do hold you down and, and it, when you part with it and you get rid of everything that you've been dependent on it's like a, a self-sufficiency for you and you come to the Lord with your empty hands and your empty pockets and you fall on your face and you say, Lord, I thought that that was going to meet my needs and make me happy and get me somewhere. But, but Lord, I understand the night that I'm standing before you and I'm naked. I'm really miserable and I don't realize that I'm miserable because when my child gets sick or my, my house gets foreclosed on or my job just plays out, then I realize that what I used to hold out for or maybe didn't go, come to church for, maybe what I used to do when I used to let go, God, I realize right now it's been holding me back. Listen, Proverbs 8.18 says this, Riches and honor, riches and honor are with me, the Lord says. Yea, 
durable riches and righteousness. And then if you go just two chapters over to chapter 10, he says, the blessings of the Lord, it, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. And chapter 13 of that same book, verse 7 says, There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor. And that's what I'm talking about. Giving up everything you can give up for God and his sake. And he that has it all can give you great riches, folks. And if you were back in Revelation chapter 3, he says, you also need to anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. And that was another thing. They understood lukewarm water, but they also understood this eye salve because they had uh, a central uh, medical hospital type of uh, building there that was, was well known. And they were also well known for making this this eye salve and also an ear salve there that, that people would come from everywhere to get because of, of its medicinal uh, powers and how it could uh, help people out. And so people knew about that. And when the Lord says, listen, you are like the lukewarm water and you need to get out of that place that way with me and you also need to get spiritual eye salve and you need to put it on your eyes because, you see, your eyes are not seeing. Your ears are not hearing, but your eyes are not seeing. And he said, if you will put this on your eyes and you anoint your eyes and say, God, I only want to see what you want me to see. I want to see things the way I need to see them, not through the lens of uh, the economy or the pandemic or politics or anything. I want to see the way I need to see as your child and your believer. He says, if you do that, he said, because as many as I love, verse 19, this is what I do. I rebuke and I chasten. So that's what he's doing. All these churches, the Lord reaches out to them. He's either commending them or either he's telling them, listen, as many as I love, I tell them they're lukewarm. I tell them that they're, they're not seeing. They're mistaken uh, material things and that they think that it equates to spiritual riches and it doesn't. In fact, it, it hinders it and a lot of times completely wipes it out and blocks it. And he says, I love you. I'm telling you this because I love you. And he's telling me and you this tonight because he loves us. And then he tells us this. In fact, I'm going to show you this. Revelation 3.20. I've always... Uh, looked at this verse, quoted this verse, and used this verse in evangelism when you either giving somebody an altar uh, invitation or you're witnessing to somebody one-on-one, -on -one and, and, and you tell them that. And, and it's true. It's a standard. The verse by itself is an entire message of salvation uh, to help people get out of the condition of sin. And, and it does that. But what we have to remember tonight is this, it's part of this letter to this church at Laodicea and what the Lord is telling them. See, when you first get saved, he, he's always knocking. John 3.16 tells us that. And, and what you do, you let the Lord, you let him on in. You, you let him in. He comes in and he cleans us up. 
He washes us off and he makes us a brand new creation. And like we've already read, he comes in, he sits down with us and he dines with us. He's our personal savior. He's our way maker. He's always our, 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 our peace. He takes care of us. He never, he's that friend that sticks closer than a brother. That's what happens when, he gets saved. when we get saved. The Lord comes on in. But too often after the Lord comes in, you've got to keep this scripture in, in the context of this letter, folks. We, we've allowed the Lord into our life. And after time, maybe it is the riches of this world. Or it could be the cares of this life. It could be a number of things. Or it can be that you did go from lukewarm to pure cold and now you don't have anything to do with God. And the Lord is telling the body of Christ, I came in. You opened the door. I came in. I came in. But you also did something else. Over time, you became comfortable with the world and the things of the world. So you just politely opened the door back up and just asked me to kind of stand back outside because you were busy and when you needed me, you would call me back in. Maybe, maybe your child's sick or they're living a life that you just can't get a hold of them and they're rebellious or it's bad at work. So you just, you, you just call me in here when you need me. But I'm out here, you see, because light and darkness can't fellowship. Yeah, I told you I'd never leave you. I'd never forsake you, Laodicea. But, but you've asked me to step back outside the door. And that's what he said in Revelation 3.20. He said, so I'm, I'm outside the door that you asked me to step outside of because you don't have time for me anymore. You like the idea that I can feel okay and not come back to church. You like the idea that, that I see all the signs, but I don't think it's going to happen right now. And... Everybody else is kind of in the same boat. You, you, you feel vindicated in your poor decision. But what you have become, you become lukewarm, you become naked, blind, and you're miserable. I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. And to make all of that even worse, I'm on the other side of the door right now. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. I'm knocking, but you can't hear me because you got all of those worldly things. You're, you're in your phone all the time. You, you are all over the place. And I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. And you know, I think I want to stop right here. Because what you've got to do is what he said to do. You've got to overcome all this in here now. You've got to overcome this. I'm talking in the name of Jesus and hallelujah, Holy Ghost. I know why we're not playing this now. Because I didn't do this yesterday. You've got to get rid of this. You've got to get rid of this. Listen, friend, you need to quit. You need to quit. Look, look at this camera. I, 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 if you're looking and laughing and doing other things at your house, you look at this camera right now. God's talking to you. And I want to tell you something. We, as the body of Christ, need to quit giving ourselves special permissions and privileges that's not in the Bible. What do you mean? I'm telling you what I mean right now. 
We have read countless times where people, disciples, had to leave everything and follow the Lord. I'm going to tell you again for the umpteenth time, what is God's standard? A rich young ruler lets us know what his standard is. He said, you're a wealthy young man. You've done good for yourself in the eyes of the world. You've kept all of the law almost, and you know all the church lingo. You know how to do everything. You go to church. You do it all right. You can sing the songs. You pay your tithes. You do it all, man. He said, but there's one thing. You've asked me, what do you have to do? There's one thing. Sell all that you have. Bankrupt yourself so you can inherit all of me. He dropped his head and he walked away because the Bible says he was wealthy. And I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Ghost, quit it. Quit it in the name of Jesus. It's not okay. It separated you from God. I don't care if it's your children's activity or an opportunity to work overtime so you can make more money to blow it on absolutely nothing that's putting a greater distance between you and God and possibly you and your family or something you could be doing for God. You need to understand. You can tell yourself it's all good, but God's about to vomit you out of His mouth. And you, my friend, my brother and sister, need to realize this is why you're miserable. Miserable, naked, and blind because he's over here. Oh, yeah, he used to be in here. He used to be in here. Am I saying you're not a Christian? No, because he's talking to the church. I ain't saying you're not a Christian. I'm telling you, you're a lukewarm Christian. Oh, yeah, lukewarm, lukewarm Christian. And this right here is costing you a lot, friend. It's costing you a lot. So what do I have to do? I got to overcome i got to overcome by getting rid of all the hindrances in my life. I've got I've to overcome by realizing he didn't die to stay on this side of the door and knock. He didn't die and go through all the hell he went through on this earth for you and for me so that he could just be this close to us. He died so he could be this close. He's the God that, hallelujah, wants to stay in here and dine with you. He wants to be the pillow up under your head at night. He wants to be the song that's whispering in your ear when your nerves is about to drive you crazy. But he can't do it if he's got to fight with all the other things in your life that you think are life and I'm keeping up and everybody loves my image right now. You've got to rebuke that and you've got to understand you're a doorknob away from Jesus Christ changing your life. You are. So you got to overcome. You've got to overcome. Nobody else, you've got to overcome. He said this, if you have an ear, he who has an ear, let him hear. Let him hear. Hallelujah. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. I want you to close your eyes unless you're driving a vehicle. And I want you to listen. I'm going to pray a short prayer. We've already prayed. We've done a lot of different things tonight. But there's going to be somebody that's going to say, um, well, I'm okay. 
you know, that was pretty good, Opie. Uh, you know, I like that door thing. Yeah, that, 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 I like that. Um, but really, I, I'm, I'm all right. Nobody wants to come clean anymore. If they did, he wouldn't have had to write these letters to these churches, and we sure wouldn't be talking about them tonight. But you and I need to understand. You can get closer to God. You can get closer to God. Yes, you can. But you've got to overcome. And you've got to overcome all these distractions that's going on right now. Father, I pray for every person that has heard you tonight. I know that I spoke on your behalf, but you were the one talking to them, Lord. I'm asking you, Father, to help us all, starting with the preacher, to search my soul. I'm asking you, God, to help me to see that to really get into the riches, the true riches down here on this earth is to get rid of all my distractions that I've labeled true riches. Father, I pray. I don't care if I have to change my whole agenda, Lord. I want that milk. I want that, that pure gold that's been tried in the fire. I, I want to have a golden testimony. I want to have a golden warrior attitude, Lord. I want things of value to be things that relate to the kingdom and souls. And God, I start tonight. I did have you in an intimate part of my life before. I did have you knocking on the door only to open it to you. I did let you in and oh God, it was, it was life changing for me. But Father, I somehow, I got distracted. And I understand that distractions is what's going to catch people off guard when the trumpet sounds. Distractions. And I need you to help me, Lord. I'm weak. My spirit knows what to do, but my flesh is weak. Father, would you help me? I repent. You didn't die to stay on the other side of the door. And I repent and I'm sorry for escorting you back on the other side because I'm living a different life on the inside right now. And any person that's not called on the Lord as your Savior. And you don't want to be left on this earth. You don't. You don't want to be left on this earth. You, in fact, you don't want to live another day without Jesus by your side. Without you being able to lay your head down tonight and say, I'm a sinner. But now I'm saved. And I'm on my way to glory. If I don't wake up on this bed in the morning that I'm laying in I will be with my new Lord and Savior if you pray that and say Father forgive me 
It's not hard. People's made it hard, but if you say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. You didn't do this so I would be left like this. I want to be saved. The Bible says immediately. Faster than you can finish the prayer. It's already done. He's washed it all away. He's written your name. He's given you a new name. And he's called you his own son, his own daughter. And now you have all the rights and privileges of this book right here that he says, the promises he made. And if you did that, we're just going to ask you to do one thing just so we can help you out. If you will text the word SAVED to 910-400-1199. That's right, S-A-V-E-D. To 910-400-1199. If you'll text that word... And, and I'll tell you what happened. Or if you're on a browser, uh, in a, uh, a tablet or a computer, you can just go to multitudeschurch.com slash save. It'll take you to the same location. So you can text or you can go through your web browser. But there will be one small little box that will just ask you for two or three pieces of information. You can do it in, in 10, 15 seconds. And then immediately you're going to get access to some resources that will help you out in your brand new walk in relationship with the Lord. And we just want to be a part of that. We don't, hey, we don't want anything in return. We don't. And so if you'll do it, we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray about your needs. And if we never see you in church, hey, we'll live forever in glory. Again, I want to thank all of you tonight for being with us. And I also want to just remind you Please register. Listen, two weeks ago when we were in this church, in this sanctuary on Sunday morning, it was electric in here. You hear me? And people will tell you that was here. I don't know how people felt at home, but it, it, it couldn't have felt as good as it did here. Because the Lord said, forsake not the assembling. Forsake not the assembling of yourself. So listen, listen, register. Register, and you'll be glad you did. It's safe in here. We keep people separated if this is new to you, and we make sure we, we, we try to go the extra mile, and I want you to be praying about that. What I told you between that, unless the Lord just leads me in a different direction, we are going to talk about that gift, and then at the end of the service, we're going to say, God, we're not asking you for money. We're not asking you for material things. We need for you to fill us with your spirit. We need this gift of discernment. Because, folks, I'm going to tell you that the body of Christ, and it's not just happening here. We're going through a type of basic training. That's why this stuff is it's get, it's hard to preach and it's hard to receive a lot. But the Lord is trying to get us into shape, man. I'm telling you, the battle is about to be intense. And you know what? We've already won it. We've already won it. And so I, I just encourage you to do that now. We want to pray together. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless all of you, and we will see you Sunday morning unless the trumpet sounds. Hallelujah. God bless you, and have a wonderful night. In Jesus' name.